Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Disruptive CEO Nation is the place where young entrepreneurs and company founders tell it like it is when it comes to their journey, vision, technology, culture, and whatever they feel like. Your host, Allison K. Summers, believes how you choose to play the world is completely up to you, and her guests prove it. Now let's get disruptive. Hi to everyone in Disruptive CEO Nation. We are thrilled, as always, to be speaking with you, and we have a special treat for you today. We are speaking with one of the top global business leaders. You're going to be so impressed when you hear the stories and the information that he has to share with you. Um, it's really difficult to do the introduction justice. Um, he has been a former CEO of a, of a top Fortune 100 company. He's bought and sold over 200 businesses um, and, and so many other things. So without me telling too much, I am going to go right to welcome uh, Jeffrey Hazlett and let you tell us about what it is that you're doing in the world today. And, um, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, my biggest, my biggest thing is I'm a grandfather now. So that's, that's my biggest role. But other than that, you know, on the business side of the world, I am, uh, I'm leading the C-suite network. I'm chairman of the C-suite network, which is the world's largest and most trusted vetted network in the world. And it's a platform for those that serve the C-suite. And then we have C-suite TV, C-suite radio, C-suite book club, C-suite academy. And then we also own uh, the new top level domain dot CEO. So we're doing a little bit of everything. Thing and we're active across the board and, and creating a network where people can come together and learn and share and cheer. And, um, and we make sure that everybody in the room is the right kind of people, so to speak. Not that we're anti other kind of people, but, you know, C-suite likes to be with C-suite. And so we make sure that those people are vetted and they're, and they're the right kinds of folks so that we can get the right kinds of work done. So that's what we're doing. And, I'm, I, you know, I lead my own television show called Executive Perspectives with Jeffrey Hazlett. And uh, that's a live show that we shoot in front of a live audience. I do about uh, 50 of those shows a year. And then I have uh, my own podcast, which uh, has been called All business uh, podcast, which is about a million downloads, and then, uh, but I'm switching it and changing it up, and I'm I've named it after my newest book, The Hero Factor, and so it's going to be called The Hero Factor, a new, brand new podcast. And and that's fantastic. And we want to talk about your book, but you've had such a remarkable career. I'd love to roll back um, yeah. to kind of the, the beginning because that's way back. That's yeah, way back. way back. At Disruptive CEO Nation, we I'm I'm always very curious and like to hear how people got got started or and certainly how you got involved with with purchasing your first company that you yeah. got involved with i mean 200 you have to do go, go way back to figure that yeah, out yeah well the first company i started was called hazlet and associates and i was used to be working for the american diabetes association and i worked for I worked in political campaigns. I did a lot of different things before I got there, but I was the executive director of the American Diabetes Association. And I decided to leave there uh, mostly because I was getting, uh, I was getting, I was getting, feeling the breath of getting fired behind. <laughs> when you work in the nonprofit world, as you know, sometimes 
you could, it could be a little, little mean out there. And so I'd kind of, you know, run the gamut of that. And it was time for me to move on. I'd done what I, you know, I'd, I'd planned my like second hundred bike-a-thon or walk-a-thon and, uh, you know, and, and I was getting kind of tired of that. And so I started a public relations company called Hazlet and Associates. And, and I literally on Christmas Eve day, um, went and got a credit card at Computerland for 5,000 hour line of credit. And I bought an IBM PC junior. That's way back when. And then um, on the 27th of December, I had my very first client, which was the medical school. And, um, and then I started adding more clients. I worked out of my home for a long, long time. And uh, for about a year, at least for about a year. And back then, you know, it wasn't cool to work out of your home. You were looked down. Oh, yeah, upon. he couldn't trust yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah you, yeah, you were looked down upon. It was kind of like you didn't want everybody to know. I remember one time um, somebody called me on the phone at my office, you know, home phone. And uh, my stereo was blasting, probably Bob Seger night moves or something like that. And um, and uh, and I, I said, just a second, just a second. And I put the phone down and went down and turned the stereo down and came back. And it was the head of the medical school laughing, going, is that your associates <laughs> in the background? So, yeah. And, you know, I, I went from there and I bought and sold um, uh, some more businesses. I bought a, a printing company because I was doing all this business. I was sending hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of printing to this local company. And I found out I was about half their volume. So I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Either sell to me or I'm going to start up my own printing company because, uh, you know, I can make better margins. And I was running an association management company by then. And then I bought a television station license. Then I bought this, then I bought that. And then that kind of, you know, started progressing me to different things, you know. And you make it sound so easy. It's never easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it, you know, and, and we know that's not the case. You know, an idea without implementation is just called air. And, uh, you know, to be good at this, you have to you have to make a lot of mistakes and you have to just keep going. And that's that's what I did. I just I didn't know what, you know, it, a lot of people ask me, you know, Allison, they, they'll say, uh, you know, what's the worst mistake you've ever made? I said, I don't know. I haven't made it yet. Meaning there's, there's always a bigger one out there and there's just like success, you know, what's the biggest success? Well, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Well, you know, you know I think you're very right in that. I often tell people you're no one till you made your first $10,000 mistake. Now I made that first $10,000 mistake like <laughs> yeah. 25 years ago. So I guess I need to add inflation to it now. Yeah. Well, I can make my, I've made my first couple million. I made a million. <laughs> I've, I'm not quite a billion dollar mistake, but I've made some real doozies in my life. You know, my last company that I was at, I, I managed a budget of 17 billion just in sales and marketing. So um, of, a, of a company, it was about 147, 151 billion at the time. So Ooh, yeah, I, things. I was going to say, so a lot of our listeners, a lot of the people that I talk to are our company founders and they're at all different levels. Yep. I have some people that are, you know, very much in the throes of startup and, and, very much just building. I have other people that have started and after years have moved their business to three continents. And so there's always so many learnings. And I know you have this new book called Hero Factor. Yep. And so tell us about this book. Well, this all got started by a guy named Rob Ryan who sold his company for $20.4 billion in 1998. When he sold his company, he and his wife set aside a percentage of the company for every employee, making the single largest number of millionaires ever created in one day. And, you know, it never had been surpassed. And, and these employees would run up to him and say, Mr. Ryan, you don't know me, but you're my hero. 
you know, because you uh, you help me do this, you help me do this. I can pay for operations. I can pay for, you know, um, colleges, uh, educations now and things like that. And so he started a group, the Hero Club, and and um, and then basically eventually sold it to me and sold it to us at the C-Suite Network. And as I looked at it, I said, what was missing? And what was missing was a couple of things. One was a pledge that, you know, employee, that, that the CEOs could sign to operate your business like a hero. What's that mean? Not that you're a hero in terms of, but you run a hero culture. And that's what we all strive to do is run a hero company. And we find that the hero companies, those companies that have values, outsell, outperform, you know, net-wise, have happier employees, have more loyal customers, and have vendors that really want to do business with them than any other business out there. It's kind of like what takes over after good to great. And, and, and these are businesses that we see every single day. And so that's, that's what we do is we describe what the hero factor is, you know, what it takes in terms of, of your values. 28% of the people who work for companies today can't even tell you what the company stands for, which is the nuts. It's nuts. So it's about how do you establish your values? How do you get everybody to buy into that? And then talk about the transparency that you need in the business, the inclusivity you need, the diversity you need in the business, and then more importantly, how to pick a side, you know, to make a stand. And, and, and those are the real factors that we see every day. And you can, by the way, go and get a free assessment for free, a free assessment. Uh, go to the herofactorbook.com and we'll give you a free assessment. You can see how you rack on that. Are you a wannabe? Are you a do-gooder? Are you a good co? Are you an asshat company? Are you a you know, bottom line? Or are you a real hero company? And we'd love to, love to tell you that. Well, and I got to believe you said, what did you say, 28% of of only 28% can say what the vision is. 70% could probably tell you what the vision is and what they, how they don't live it. You know, wow, they're, they're, they don't drink the Kool-Aid, right? No, a absolutely not. Um, and by the way, we're all like that. You know, is, even my own company, I, I, when I, when I did that, this is a real eye opening thing. This is what makes you, you know, this is the hero factor at work right now. Cause I'm being very transparent. When I did the book, wrote the book. And then when I started reading it as an audio book, I was going, Oh my gosh, we're not worthy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're not worthy. Are we living it? Are we doing it? So I went back to the team and said, here's our mission. Here's our vision. Are we living it? And the answer was no. Well, that should be the answer of every hero companies. You're never living it. So what do we have to do to get us into shape and get us, you know, down that path that we, that a majority of us feel like we're living it and a majority of us are doing what we need to do. And then hopefully more than a majority and then, uh, and then really truly become a, a hero company. And, you know, and so we're doing that. So, you know, I've had session after session since that time with our team to talk about our values, to talk about our operational principles, uh, to talk about our vision and, and then what do we have to do to live that? And you have this thing called hero intensity, Tell us a little about hero intensity. Well, that's that scale that we talked about on page 12 of the book. I outline your scale from both, you know, making money to not making money to having hero values and not having any values. So when we put you on the scale to be able to plot out where you're at in terms of your own company to see if you are indeed a hero company or can you be one or are you, a, you know, like a wannabe, like a wannabe, a wannabes, you know, not quite got it all there or a do-gooder. Do-gooders got great, great values, but they don't make any money. Well, you know, you, you can pick a side, you can do that, but you're not going to be around very long. You know, so that that's really what it's about. So it tries to identify you in key areas to to let you know where you stand on that scale. So let's take this down to um, a lot of our listeners 
are people that are running companies in whatever form, either they're an, an entrepreneur building themselves up and working up in the co corporate world, or they're an entrepreneur. And so how can you use things like the hero factor or what would be your advice on how you attract people with like-minded culture so that you can really have this truly vetted in your organization? Well, you test them. It's easy to see, you know, you can find people, you know, it's kind of like you're walking through your plant and there's paper on the floor. Does the employee pick it up or not? Right. That tells you a little bit about their, you know, mop bucket attitude, you know? And, and I think those are the kind of things that you want to put, put yourself. Like I have most of the time I, I will take a prospect to dinner. And we'll get into really heavy conversations because I want to test them. I want to put them through a little tension, you know, because that gets us to where we want to do. So you want to do a little bit of that. And that's so figure out your own test, you know, figure out your own way of being able to, to test that value. Fantastic. I, do you ever now, now that you're at this point in your career and you're out there, as you said, you've already been very humble about this topic, but you know, helping other CEOs and people in the C-suite really lead with their best game. Um, do you look back over your career and go, oh, I wish I had known that then or? Every day. Oh, every day. I mean, uh, if you keep looking back on the looking glass, you, you certainly learn a lot. I mean, you would do things a lot differently than you had ever done. Almost, almost everything that you do. Um, because you could have done it with greater intensity, greater speed, uh, greater conviction. And, and so I'm always, I always, when I look back, I try not to worry about things like that too much. I don't, um, you know, like somebody will say, what were some of those, those, those failures? I don't know. I don't remember them. I don't try to remember them, you know? <laughs> I mean, I learned from them, but I'm never going to do that again because that hurt. You know, like, how do you poke yourself with a sharp needle? I don't need to know that again. You know, um, so, so yeah, without question, you always look back and say you could have done things better, but I don't try to regret too much of what I've done because that got to me to where I'm at right now. And I'm okay with that. So let's talk about profits. Um, mm -hmm. And you made an allusion to it that you have to decide what, what side you're on. And, and, and that is the biggest thing. I, t I talk to a lot of people. Um, as you said, I'm very familiar with the nonprofit world. You came from a nonprofit world that want to rush to mix their, their business and, and doing good in the world. But at the end of the day, you have to keep your business profitable. Yeah. If you don't have <laughs> profits, you, that's what makes the world go brown. I mean, that's, that's what one of the cool things about the United States and, and America is our free enterprise system. It's one of our greatest assets, one of our most secret weapons that's not so secret that we have, but in one that we should cherish and one that we should, you know, feed and nurture because it is what is what makes us great. Um, it's not our politics. It's not our defense. It's really about the safe haven that people want to put money into our company. They want to come here and recreate uh, the American dream. So, but you've got to have profits. So, you know, it's one thing to do good. That's great. But if you could, you know, teach a person to, to, to raise food is a lot better than harvest food. You know, you need to harvest food, but you know, teaching people to plant. So it comes back again and again and again, that's an important thing to do. So you have to find a balance between those all the time. And that's what makes, you know, that's what separates the heroes from just the good to greats. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's, if I can pick your brain on your thoughts of, there's a lot of different ways for um, startups to go out and get, get money. 
And when I talk to different guests on Disruptive CEO Nation, um, I do like when they tell me, it, you know, if they bootstrapped the company on their own or if they got C VC money or, or what they went to do to get their money is, do you have any, any philosophy or advice for younger entrepreneurs or startup people on, um, you know, I, I've talked to other people who are like, no, you need at least uh, four or six quarters of profit before you even start asking anybody for money. No, that's ridiculous. You, the, yeah, you, you, you know, it, it is when you want it. There's no right or wrong answer. Let's be clear about that. Um, there's, there's things that work better than, than others, but you know, I look, I think about the big companies like Instagram and, and uh, Snapchat that didn't make any money and sold for billions of dollars. Um, let's look at Amazon, which didn't make any money for many, 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 many years. And then look how, 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 how rich Jeff Be Bezos is, you know? So there's lots of different ways that you can, you can, you know, skin the onion or peel the orange or whatever you want to call it. And uh, you just got to find out what's right for you. I will tell you that one of the rules that I think that I like to adhere to is hang on to equity as much as you can. And so for as long as you can bootstrap it, but don't bootstrap it to the point of where it's harming your company. I'm, and I'm at that situation right now with one of the companies that we run that, you know, we're growing very fast. I need cash. And so that means I'm going to have to go out and raise equity, raise prices or do something differently or give up in this case equity or find a lender who will give me the money, you know, with the high rate of return that I can pay it back or it, it converts to equity, um, which, you know, I don't want to give up equity. I like owning it all. Especially if it's going to be big, I want to be, you know, I want to be filthy, filthy rich, and and we can define what that means, right? Well, I, you absolutely can, but I think you know, I'm listening to you say that, but we also know very clearly what your values are. Is it's it's filthy rich, but um, you know, you do it with an ethical standard and without right question, way. yeah, without question. I mean, I mean, how much money do you really need in life? And, you know, in terms of to be happy and to be what you want, you know, there's, I can be a pauper and still be happy, but money makes it feel, make, makes me, <laughs> makes it a lot more comfortable, but you know, and by the way, that's how we typically keep scores. So let's don't forget that. But, but you can, you can also measure wealth and you can measure value in different ways other than just money. So your quality of life, the quality of those around you, the people you get to work with, you know, my wife will say many times you would do this for free. You do it for nothing. And there are a lot of days, by the way, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to do it for nothing. Okay. Let's be clear. But, uh, you know, I'd like to have the choice. I'd like to have the choice. <laughs> well, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I so appreciate you sharing time with us and I like to ask my guests, you know, where, what's your vision if we were to talk again in three years? What will have changed for um, C-Suite Network and what's, what's, what's the next big, big yeah. idea? You have well, you're going you're gonna to see the C-Suite Network be, the, again, the most trusted place and it's going to have a lot more zeros and that's what I have to add, more zeros. I need more, I need more advisors and coaches and trainers to be able to teach people how to do what they do. I need more people on TV. I need more podcasters like yourself who can spread the message of, of wealth and spread the message of learning and education and cheering and sharing that we do. I need more, I need more books to be able to go out and sell to teach people to read, you know, I need more C-suite network members who want who want education, who want to learn, who want to share, who want to cheer. Those are the things we're going to do. So for me right now, it's all about scale. And so it's it's about taking the things that we have. It's Eva, dropping off soon. And fine tuning those and making them work really well.
Well, fantastic. If people want to learn more um, and certainly follow your, your podcast now that it's changing from all business um, to Hero Factor, tell us what our listeners should go do. Where should, where should they find you? What should they look up? You can, you can look up anything. You can look up HeroCEOClub.com. You can go to the Hero Factor book. Um, and go and get your free assessment, learn more about the book there. You can go to hazlet.com, c-suite network.com, c-suite book club, c-suite TV, c-suite radio. You could go find all those names. Anything with c-suite, typically you can find us right there. Fantastic. Um, Well, that is wonderful. So for our Disruptive CEO Nation listeners, if Jeffrey said something that resonated with you, if you know of somebody who needs to hear his message, um, understand more about the C-Suite Network or the Hero Factor, um, please share this podcast. Um, And until the next time, Jeffrey, thank you so much for giving us the gift of your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.